Greetings once again, and welcome to Prison News. I'm your host. First up, months after a prison massacre in Brazil, inmates' families are still searching for answers and for the bodies of their family. Guthelme Figueroa de Silva knew he was going to die. In a phone call from the Alcarez State Penitentiary, where the 36-year-old was serving a sentence for drug conviction, he told his father there's a rebellion being planned, but the authorities are not doing anything. Two days later, his cell block became a slaughterhouse. As gang members in another block attacked with knives and guns for two days, decapitating many of their victims and setting their bodies on fire. Now, the official death toll was 26, though the survivors and the inmates' families say it was much higher. What do you think, folks? Two solid days of this, decapitatings and burnings, and only you think only 26 guys were killed? Who, who do you think is telling it closer here? The massacre renewed calls for changes to Brazil's notorious prison system and spurred promises by the government to improve training for the guards. Oh, gosh. It talks about they're blaming the gangs on expanding from the... Well, they probably are expanding from the street to the prison. Anyway, now, let's let's fast forward. Seven months later, more than seven months later, the government has yet to produce an accounting for the violence. And it's unclear whether the prison is even any safer right now. Now, three days after the massacre, this is sad, poor De Silva's father, he received a phone call from the wife of one of his son's cellmates, and she wanted to let him know that her husband had seen Guillermo die, the son die. However, authorities have yet to find his body. But yet they can say it's only 26 were heard. But see, if you read these things kind of with a jaundiced eye, not just the stuff that comes from a foreign nation, but any any prison news, after a while, there's a built-in bias, you'll see. Anyway, it says it was a lethal attack, like herding cattle to slaughter, said the father, Francisco Luis de Silva. We are the victims, and we're waiting for answers. Well, poor Mr. de Silva. Now, when natural disasters strike, a heavy thing has one population that is particularly tricky to evacuate is prisoners. Now, during Hurricane Harvey, lots of things took place, but one of the results was Texas prisons evacuated nearly 6,000 prison inmates. That's like 60 solid buses showing up, or maybe 120 buses, tour buses. Three facilities in Brazoria County relocated 4,500, and the rest went to other parts. Now, one privately operated immigration, here we go, privately operated immigration and detention center also had been evacuated, according to the Federal Bureau of Immigration and Customs. How would they know what what the private guys are doing? Private prison giant Core Civic, Core Civic told courts that none of their facilities had been evacuated, including the Houston Processing Center for immigration detention, which had sheltered detainees in place. Now, the GEO group, which operates facilities in the storm's path, how'd you like to be with the GEO group, uh, has not responded to requests for comment. More than 50 immigrant women and children who were released from the detention were left stranded at a bus station after being dropped off. Uh, they said they thought the bus connections had been canceled. Now, the Texas Department of Justice says the facilities have received, the evacuated inmates have been supplied with additional food and water. Now, get this. Officials say there have been no issues with overcrowding. 6,000 of these guys, they dropped off a little extra water, a little extra food. I'm looking at a picture of these guys stacked up like cordwood, these inmates, um, in a, like a boy's gym. I mean stacked in there. 
but they say there's you know, who are you who are you going to believe? Do you think do you believe there was a little overcrowding? I do. But you know what? What what can you do? What can you say? Sometimes a picture does tell a thousand words. Other times maybe they're telling it the way it is. Maybe they had spots for that. In any case, when you receive snippets of this prison news, this is designed to kind of help you navigate a little bit through a, a segment of life that you may not have a lot to do with typically, but you can learn about life's lessons by listening to this stuff. You can learn as you read these articles or you hear these reports, I wonder next year what's going to happen when it gets followed up. And little by little by little, you can spot themes. You can see kind of a path, a production path, if you will. And you're seeing uh, these privatized, privatization of these correctional facilities starting to get monetized. And that can be not so very good. Take care. Goodbye for now. Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host. This is Prison News. We're going to do something just a little bit different today. Now, I can't bring an inmate on and, and interview an inmate. Number one, I couldn't guarantee anonymity. It's so easy to unscramble things and find out exactly what was going on, what was said, and you can just open up a can of worms. And number two, I can't bring a correctional officer on or a prison guard and just talk to them and say, hey, I'm doing a little podcast, you know, speak freely, tell the folks out there, you know, what you think. Because he, you know, let's put it this way. These guys here at Anchor have been real good so far. It's a great app. It's a great format. But they have not really stood the test when some invasive government agency comes after them and says, hey, that guy down there who had a prison guard saying something, we want you to give all the information, all the records, all the sneaky stuff. We're going to go after him. He said something bad about, you know, a private prison or something. So I'm not saying they're they're going to do that like Google and stuff, but but we don't know that. We don't, Let's not put that kind of pressure on little anchors that are getting started. Doing a great job with that new app that lets you edit on the uh, text-based editing. So anyway, what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you, how, if I did have an inmate here, I'm going to tell you how they would think. I have an article in front of me that says North Korean prison camps exposed by the State Department. And they're talking about a provocative missile test and how uh, it's so bad over there that people in the prison have to eat rats and snakes and rodents and frogs, and they get beat down almost to death, or sometimes they are beat to death. Well, the State Department sure has a lot of information that the inmate would say. And the inmate would say, you know what, you went over to Korea once and you had a national disgrace, you botched it, the country got virtually cut in two, North and South Korea, thanks to the United States, they would, they would say, you left a bunch of landmines, you left broken bodies on both sides of the fence, you came back and you couldn't get it right. Somebody made a bunch of money, but thanks State Department. And then the inmate would say, you know what, how did you do in Vietnam? You were told, if the United States gets involved in Vietnam, you'll do nothing but botch it even worse than Korea. And you'll, you'll cut it to North and South Vietnam. Oh, no, they said. I'm, I'm speaking as an inmate doing an interview here. The, the inmate would say, nope, you were promised. Uh, we will take good care of Vietnam. It's a national strategic importance. We'll handle it right. Well, it was a quagmire from the beginning. And guess what? The naysayers were right. It was cut into North and South Vietnam. People sprayed with Agent Orange. More landmines. Terrible abandoned people to, to uh, after the fall of Saigon, the butchers took place. Thanks a lot. Well, anyway, now the inmate would say, now you want to go to, oh, let's just say Iraq. How did that go out for you with the so-called weapons of mass destruction? The, the inmate would say. And he says, uh, okay, you got, the, you got Saddam Hussein. What happened there? He was under color of authority. He was under the United States protection. What happened to Saddam Hussein? His enemies, the other, they call them towel heads, whatever that means, 
came in with some water ski rope and hung him. You remember that picture of Saddam Hussein being hung by a piece of like looked like water ski rope? And that was while he was under the protection of the United States government. How about Muammar Gaddafi in Libya? He got pistol whipped in the face. That that was didn't go so good, did it? Egypt? Okay, now how about let's go over to the inmate would say, let's go over to Afghanistan. We got broken bodies coming back daily. Well, not that maybe not daily, but they're coming back quite a bit. Some people will never get over what's going on over there. There's no clearly defined national objective, the inmate would say. And so little by little, the inmates, as I say, they, they think different than you or I. It's a constant negative, and, and there's some truth there. Absolutely, the inmate, you know, they're not in the fairy tale world. When they're not in cycle and in a high predatory bent, they can sometimes discuss politics. And basically, they're right. There was a lot of uh, veterans, more veteran suicides under one of the presidents, Obama, than the guys were getting killed many months of his administration uh, because of a lot of a broken veterans administration uh, deal, they say, whatever that is. So when you, as I read these articles to you in the future, just bear in mind the inmate sees things through a whole different set of glasses, typically negative, fault-finding, looking for the angle, and to be sure, right in many cases, and they can uncover some things. There's cases of inmates doing stock picks and stuff for people through legitimate channels, writing people letters and stuff, and some guys are so good at it, guys behind bars, they can outpick certain professional stock pickers. So anyway, this is called Prison News. We hope hope some of this information kind of helps you with life, teaches you to be careful, teaches you there's a difference between people who want to hurt, cripple, and kill people, and others who just want to get along and, and kind of take a godly look at lifestyles. God bless all of you. Peace to you, and bye for now. Greetings and welcome to Prison News. I'm your host. This is going to be called Anchor One Week Later. been using this thing for about a week now. Kind of new to the podcasting scene, done quite a bit of YouTube stuff and some other things. So after just going into our first week, not quite there yet, boy, oh boy, what an eye-opener this thing is. Now to be fair, I'm comparing this to another thing called Spreaker, which is kind of like this. It's a pod hosting deal for guys who are newbies, maybe don't have the skills to, you know, go to Apple and start raw and set up a podcast. I've heard some real horror stories about those things. But anyway, you're 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 in quick with Anchor, in real quick. Now today I did an experiment I'd like to share with you. I did a uh, I went to a place where there was a prison, a town, a coffee shop on the outside of the prison, a few blocks away, and recorded my first live podcast with the you know the coffee shop sounds in the back on just a cell phone using the uh, Anchor app. And I did the exact same thing with the Spreaker app for the Spreaker podcasting people. And there was definitely a difference. Uh, the The voice recognition portion was good, but when the background, like that clanking of, of coffee pots and coffee cups and kind of clinking of silverware, boy, oh boy, you talk about uh, really trimming that stuff out. I don't know the, the words the uh, sound engineers use, but hands, far hands and away was the Anchor app compared to the Spreaker. And I popped the headphones on and says, man, this, I don't know what they're doing in there. I wish I could get to the controls, maybe even tweak it a little bit, but, but good on them. And, uh, you guys may want to try that yourself with something in a coffee shop. Now, also, of course, I want to do just a quick little recording on like a, a wave file to compare to it. And I think for, they're not talking about it. I'm guessing for free, they're somehow massaging this thing or tweaking this thing or having some kind of a fidelity filter 
because it actually sounds better than a, than a regular app. So so good on them. Now another thing is this business about it evaporating in 24 hours takes just a little getting used to down there where you can learn how to keep those things archived. And I'm not going to go over it here, but you you know you I think it's on YouTube or something. They show you how they tell you, but some of us you know if you're new to it, you got to see somebody do it. But that's what's making this thing up and running uh, so quickly. And then uh, when th I was just amazed, they, without being told or or having to, you know, promise and everything, you know, I promise to be a good boy, they start submitting this stuff out to other places, and it gets picked up by other podcast uh, venues where they can be searched and uh, get your content, your message out. So that's another good thing. Maybe that's news, that's old news to a lot of you guys out there, I don't know. And then just the overall feel, you know, there's not a lot of dirty birds on here, you know, the foul mouth, and they're, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into it, but you know the kind of people we're talking about, have an axe to grind, never a kind word, always trying to be like a rabble rouser or create dissension. You know, sometimes you have a comment or a criticism, maybe it's not even a construction criticism, somebody's blowing off steam, you understand that, but the the wicked trolls, the little vicious trolls are the ones that I haven't even seen one yet. And let's just hope they, they don't get here and we don't start getting these, like the equivalent of a flash mob on Anchor. I don't want to ever see that where they target an individual. I mean, unless the guy's screwing around causing a problem. But so far, you know, you hear a lot of the buzzwords like community and all this and stuff. But it, it, it really does seem to be that. Now, today's the day to put this in proper time perspective that it came out. The guy's trying to make like an audio book uh, where everyone's going to narrate a snippet or something. Hey, what what an idea. Where else are you going to go to a place where people who have some kind of an administrative uh, capacity are going to say, hey, you know, let's uh, put a thing here, get an audio book, or, or whatever it is. I don't really understand it all. A collaborative effort, I think, is what they're talking about. But, yeah, I could see everybody reading five minutes of an audio book and putting that out. In fact, if you go to LibriVox, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X dot org, they have a tons of free audio books. Some of their collaborative efforts are a different author for each individual chapter. And some of those chapters move real quick, two or three minutes. And it's really, it's refreshing. It's something you're not going to hear on, in mainstream media. Well, anyway, take care. God bless all you guys out there. I'm going to go ahead and snap off now. So uh, high marks, yeah, real high marks. Uh, what's the downside? Well, you know, you're learning something new. When it's free, I can't give a downside because it's not costing a penny to learn something, to do something, to get some content out there and not have to give away personal information or something like that. Anyway, peace to all of you, and bye for now. This is Prison News saying goodbye.